Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este... Comenzará en tu mente ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado Para vivir Tu nueva aventura Nueva Ram 1500 Hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC I am Room in our headline special prosecutor says every member of the defunct interministerial committee is a target of investigations. Also in this bulletin, Speaker of Parliament warns of dire consequences if immediate steps are not taken to reclaim lost forest cover. Oh, there's business and world news in this bulletin. Please do stay for details. This is your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. We have more for you shortly. Welcome back. Now, Special Prosecutor Kisi Ejabin says the respect he respects the credential of former Environmental Minister Professor Frimpong Bwati and does not intend to embarrass him with the ongoing investigation. However, he has a charge to keep for the public and the country. The response follows claims by Professor Frimpong Bwati that he has been victimized by the Special Prosecutor in a recent interview with Evans Mensah. Mr. Jabin has been speaking in an exclusive interview on Newsfile. I respect the credentials of the professor. And I drop off my heart to him. You know very well, you know me personally, you know very well how, how and my life's trajectory. I'm an academician myself, and so I, 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 I respect such people. On all scores, I mean, his CV is unbelievable. I respect that. I applaud him for that. But I have a charge to keep. 
The charge I have to keep is to the Republic of Ghana and to the public. I have been put in this position to investigate corruption and corruption-related offenses. I've been put in this office to prosecute people who I deem to, 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 to be culpable for such offenses. I have been put in this office to recover assets for the country. I have been put in this office to prevent corruption. These are the four tasks that I have until, I guess, 2028. Now, when a case comes before me, first, it's a plenary investigation. I go under with my officers. Is there any substance to this matter? I'm answering your question. I'll come to you. Sure. Is there any substance to this matter? Um, when the plenary investigation is over, I have certain options. One option is to say, there's no meat in this matter. Uh, let us just file it away. Maybe one day it may not be cold. Another option open to me is that there is a lot of wisdom in opening a full investigation, and so we should do a broader and fuller inquiry into this matter. And this is where we are in terms of the fight against Galamsey. And when you are appearing before us, depending on what we deem to be the charges we are envisaging against you, depending on the nature of the evidence and what we deem to be the seriousness of it, we take action appropriately. I will state again, the public and any member of the public has the luxury to consecrate saints. But in consecrating your saints and your heroes, mind you again, I'm stating again, I am your conscience. I am the spirit of the nation and the office uh, stands for that. In the estimation of the office, there are no saints. In the estimation of the office, there are no heroes. Now, if I approach this job, of fighting corruption, that there are some persons in the society who have attained this status of sainthood who will lose the fight against corruption. Meanwhile, the special prosecutor has indicated that every member of the defunct interministerial committee is a target of investigations and will not be spared. We cannot be irresponsible and sit back without. Uh, 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 going after distance. Now, if the president establishes uh, an interministerial committee, later on the president dissolves it, mm. and there are all manner of allegations against this committee, this, this dissolved committee, we are already doing our investigations in respect of uh, corruption and corruption-related matters uh, uh, regarding Galamsey. And then, an aspect of it, as you read from my publication way back in October 2022, an aspect was this, was the way this committee was handled and why it was dissolved and the problems associated with this committee. Once again, I will retreat. Every person who was an officer of this committee is my target.
because there are allegations against this committee and so you do not cloak yourself with immunity as far as i'm concerned because someone puts out a report that report comes to my attention it is part of my investigation. But merely because someone puts out a report doesn't mean the person is then insulated from the process of the investigation. Now, at the end of the day, as I keep saying, I will then decide who to use as what. If at the end of the investigation, I decide that something, uh, we should use something as, uh, okay, we, we decide that maybe we have to prosecute some people. And then I will decide... Uh, the way this investigation went and the way uh, 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 the information came to us, let's use something as a, a prosecution witness. And we would approach you and see if we could use it as a prosecution witness. But not necessarily because you, we think you haven't committed anything, but we think that maybe you are a smaller fish to catch a bigger fish. But in the middle of the investigation, when the investigation is so live and ongoing, Everyone is fair game for us. Now, Ghana is seeking to reverse a possible sanction following the approval of the new European Union law on deforestation, which will make it impossible for Ghana to uh, for cocoa to be sold in Europe unless the supplier certifies that the produce does not come from a deforested land. Ghana's heightened level of illegal mining shows they are fears that the main cash crop, cocoa, may be heavily impacted. Speaking after a tree planting ceremony at the German Embassy Garden on Friday, the German ambassador to Ghana, Daniel Cruz, said illegal mining should not be allowed to prevail. Uh, Ghana Green Day, a very important initiative with regard to forestry. Um, we are happy here to welcome you at the German Embassy in Accra. We decided to follow the call of the president who encouraged all missions present here in, in this beautiful country of Ghana uh, to join him and to the country and planting a tree on Ghana Green Day 2023. So we, we are very happy here to, um, to join this uh, very important initiative. It's important in the context of uh, climate change, which is affecting Africa and all continents around the world, and um, it is becoming a, a, a bigger challenge every day. We all know that Africa contributed uh, rather little to this uh, uh, very um, tremendous uh, phenomenon. Uh, but at the same time, the, the impact of climate change is very heavy. But there are also ways uh, we here in, in uh, living, living on the African continent can contribute to to, to fight the climate change and uh, planting tree is uh, one small step and uh, we, we need all, all, all steps uh, possible. Of course, there's planting trees and there's also deforestation. We also need to join forces in, in fighting um, deforestation in the country and uh, to preserve the natural reserves of uh, any country. In this context, I'm very happy um, that uh, a very eminent person of this country um, accepted my invitation to join me here today. And I'm very happy that uh, Professor Frimpambo Teng, uh, a known fighter for uh, en environmental protection in this country, is joining me here today. And there's another reason I'm very happy uh, that uh, 
Professor Frimpamboa Cheng is here with us today, and that is because I believe strongly that uh, um, he is a very, very important role model for all young Ghanaians. Um, the other day I was uh, at Kumasi and KUST University, and I was asked, you know, what, who, who can you think of when you, when you um, um, would like to suggest a, a role model for Ghanaians? And um, I think Professor Frampamboateng is certainly uh, one of them. And um, the reason why I do think that is because um, um, all his achievements in his uh, lifetime were uh, merit-based and based on his um, own uh, competences and uh, willingness. So it's about being ambitious and work hard to make your ambitions, ambitions come true and reality. And I, with this, I would like to encourage all Ghanaians uh, to follow that example. And uh, there's another reason, uh, and that is the fact that uh, uh, Professor Frempamboa Cheng, after uh, studying and working, researching in Germany, um, decided to come back to Ghana and to serve his country. And um, that is such an important element to, to what we call the, the brain circulation. Now, these days, we are living in a global world. And Meanwhile, the executive director for the Coco Health and Extension Division of the Ghana Coco Board, Reverend Edwin Afari, says illegal timber logging has been identified as a major threat to Ghana's forest reserves. There's more in the following report. Reverend Edwin Afari noted that both illegal mining and chainsaw operations were threatening the protection of the environment and the need to ensure that it was operated within the confines of the law. He therefore encouraged residents to take active part in the tree planting exercise to make the country green and to further promote climate change activities. Ghana Cocoa Board has been supporting farmers to plant trees, economic shade trees on their farms. The challenge we have in Ghana is that when these trees are grown already and are formed into timber, then we have illegal loggers causing us a lot of trouble, chainsaw operators, who are cutting these trees, you know, everywhere, especially in the Brahafo region. And that is causing us a lot of trouble. The one, when they cut, they destroy a lot of cocoa trees. They also prevent us from having the trees as a carbon sink. And then we are not able to get enough oxygen. Now, we are not getting enough rainfall. It comes when you don't expect it, and then doesn't come when you expect it. So there are a lot of issues when it comes to chainsaw millers and those who are doing, you know, illegal logging. We please plead with the government. Help us. These are people that want to act a living. But we want you to also support us so that we can prevent those activities, illegal activities, so that farmers will have their crops intact. And therefore, we are also asking that the registration of trees and tenurial system should work in Ghana so that farmers can own these trees when they plant them. Like these trees that we just planted today on Ghana Green Day, we want the farmer to own it so that the farmer can earn some living out of it. And his part, the Eastern Regional Manager of the Cocoa Health and Extension Division, Abdul Majid Mumuni, said the project initiated by government is aimed at preserving the environment and restoring Ghana's lost greenery. It therefore urged stakeholders to ensure the sustainability of the Green Ghana project. Galamse 
is equally ravaging a lot of our productive cocoa farms and it is very worrying so we are also advising our farmers opinion leaders chiefs not to give out their cocoa farms for illegal mining popularly known as galamsey so that the saying that cocoa is ghana ghana is cocoa will continue to remain meanwhile the Bagro district manager of the forest services division of the forestry commission Omania Mankwa aid young people to cultivate the habit of planting more trees to protect the environment. Also, Speaker of Parliament, Arban Gwagwin, is warning that if immediate steps are not taken to reclaim lost forest cover, the country could face serious environmental challenges. Gwagwin has been rallying Ghanaians to save the environment, and Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent Kweku Asante was there and came to with this report. The Speaker led leadership and staff of Parliament to plant 300 trees within the precinct of Parliament and official residences. The Speaker says if urgent action is not taken to reclaim Ghana's lost forest cover, the country could be in serious danger of environmental catastrophe. Trees and forests purify the air we breathe, filter harmful particles and pollutants, and ensure the well-being of our citizens especially those in urban areas where air pollution is very, very high. And I'm sure that you've seen on TV many times that the air in Accra is among the highest in the world. It's not the highest, but among the highest. They save the air pollution in Accra. It's so bad that we need to act and act quickly. Trees and forests serve as nature's guardians, regulating water flow, mitigating the risk of flooding, and preserving our precious water bodies. Trees also provide shelter and habitat for countless species, sustaining biodiversity and preserving the delicate balance of our ecosystems. What is more, they have a critical role in combating climate change as they sequester carbon and contribute to the reduction of greenhouse gas emissions. The minority in parliament, however, says a government must ensure that the Green Ghana project does not become an avenue to enrich a few. According to Deputy Ranking Member on the Lands and Forestry Committee, Alassane Sohini, such programs in the past have been used to siphon money from the state. Initiatives such as this, good as they are intended, do not fall victim of corruption or do not become a victim of uh, corruption. It does not become an establishment that is used to siphon money from the taxpayer. The Speaker, and this is important because climate finance uh, has to be, uh, you know, optimized. Lands and Natural Resources Minister Samuel Abujinapo says no such corruption will happen under his watch. He also described the two previous editions of the Green Ghana Day as a huge success. The 2021 planting, we have 80% plus success rate. And the 2022, we have 70% plus success rate. In all, 
10 million trees will be planted for this year's Green Ghana Day, which the President of the Republic, His Excellency Danado Dankwe Kufuado, is leading. Reporting for Joy News, Kikua Sante, Parliament House, Accra. On these trees, take the tree you are planting today and nurture it as you would nurture and raise your children. That's the advice from the Central Regional Minister, Justina Marigold, a son to resident. Uh, the Central Region exceeded its initial estimated 600,000 seedlings for the Green Ghana Day project, but 100,000 seedlings. Mr. Ms. Asan wants residents to endeavor to plant at least one tree every year and nurture them to maturity. The Central Regional Minister joined the Forestry Commission, the University of Cape Coast Leadership and Students, the Catholic Church and the Ghana Police Service to take part in this year's Green Ghana Day celebration. The region is estimated to have achieved about 90% success in the project and has cared for and nurtured all plant species that were planted in the previous two editions of the Green Ghana Day. Central Regional Minister Justina Marigodasan entreated residents to take good care of the seedlings they are planting. It is about our health and the restoration of our forest reserve and everything that is green for you to see. Last two years I did plant a tree, a very beautiful one behind us, and it has grown very well. It, it didn't just grow because I nurtured it. That's why the tree grew like this. Last year we exceeded our target. This year we're going to do more. I'll not be surprised we'll hit one million because the enthusiasm of the people of the region is very high. So I will never be surprised that people will come in more to take a lot of trees to go and plant. I would say that we just don't pick the trees and go and plant. Plant them, nurture them, let it grow like you have given birth to a baby. What you need to let the baby grow well is to nurture the baby. If it's a school that the child is going, you know what it takes to take a child through schooling. The region, through the Regional Forestry Commission, set an initial target of planting 600,000 seedlings this year. The Regional Manager of the Forestry Commission, Ntiamwa Bennett, says the region has exceeded its target and stakeholders actively took part in the exercise to make this year's project a success. We've been overwhelmed with the participation of the general populace in the program. If you go to all the centers, it's been phenomenal. Everybody has taken part. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. From all the heads of department, the various agencies, all the stakeholders, you can see that the participation is very good. Now, when you check the original target of 600,000, as of the morning, We've distributed close to 700,000. It tells you that we've exceeded the target that was set for us. We are hoping that by the close of the day, what we expect from the people that the ceilings that they have picked, they should just take them like their children or their babies in the house. Make sure that they protect them. Make sure that they get to maturity and the expected benefit we get from the trees that we have planted. Management of the University of Cape Coast, who have been at the forefront of the tree planting exercise, says they are happy with the outcome of the exercise. Vice-Chancellor Professor John Senyakubuampon says the students in the Department of Agriculture are actively involved in the project and have been encouraged to nurture the plant species alongside their crop species. Uh, this project is being implemented by the Forestry Commission. And so far, by working with them, as I mentioned, we've done a lot. And it will go a long way to enhance the beauty of our campus. 
I hope you can all testify that the, the, the campus is more beautiful than it used to be. So it is a good exercise, and every Ghanaian should support the government so that we can build a better place for Ghanaians. We have students in agriculture pro program that we give portions of the land to the students to read and also uh, try to make sure that the plants grow. The other side, you saw they planted not only the, uh, the species of plant, but they also planted other crops, cassava, potato. So when they are weeding around um, their uh, crops, then the, our plant, the plant species will also be growing. Now, the Forest Commission says the continuous depletion of the country's forest cover calls for an aggressive tree planting exercise aimed at restoring the integrity of the country's forest. Executive Secretary of the Forestry Commission and Board Chair of Mando Secondary Technical School in the Central Region, James Ebenezer Covenant Datsun, believes it is important to inculcate in children the essence of the Green Ghana Day. He was speaking at the Green Ghana Day in the Ejumako Enyan Isiam district. Addressing the staff and students of the Mando Secondary Technical School, the Executive Secretary of the Forestry Commission and Board Chair of the school, James Ebenezer Kobna Datsun, stated how crucial the Green Ghana Day means to the country. He says, owing to the Ghana's forest cover that is being lost as a result of Galamsey activities, there is a dire need to plant the trees. You know that a lot of our medicines come from our forests, and, and also um, we believe that our forests serve as um, a cover for our water bodies, and also we can sit under the trees, have some shade protection from the sun. And we think that with all the issues of um, Galamse, um, people going into forest reserves, cutting down our trees. If we don't replant, then we will lose our forest cover and very soon our country will be experiencing what is experienced in other countries in the Sahel region. And we don't want to do that. We have been blessed with a lot of good rainfall. And so we, knowing that our students are future leaders, we decided that let's go to the schools and plant with the students. Young as they are, they will see the need to plant trees. And that, we believe, will not leave them even when they leave school. They will go out to society, wherever they find themselves, whether it's a workplace or their own homes. They can plant trees to protect, help contribute to protect our environment. District Chief Executive for the Jumaku Enyan Isiam District, Ransford Kuesinyaku, explained why the students in the district were their prime focus. Um, three years ago, what they planted have begun fruiting. And for the headmistress to move beyond the acacias, the mahoganis, the um, ticks, to cash crops like mangoes, like coconuts, like palm oil, tells you how beneficial this project will be, not just in the short term, but in the, in the long term. I was mentioning that since we started, we've done almost about 50 to 60,000 siblings. And our concentration was mostly or largely in the schools because we decided that we want that sense of ownership. So if I plant in a basic school, I can tax the headmaster to tax a student to take care of that sibling. The headmistress of the school, 
Rosalind Ayokosoa recounted how the planting of trees has proved valuable for some schools in the central region. I've been a headmistress of Asin Sita Agri in the Asin South District. Someone planted teak at that school, and when I went there, um, I needed furniture. So I had to harvest what someone had planted. They motivated me that I should go into teak farming in any school that I find myself. Because that thing really supported the school. And so I had my motivation from there. And when my board chairman mentioned it, I embraced it. The Green Ghana Day that took place at the Mando Secondary Technical School in the Jumaku Inyan Asiam District was under the auspices of the Executive Secretary of the Forestry Commission and Board Chair of the School. The theme for this year's Green Ghana Day is our forest, our health. Now away from that, the Ministry of Sanitation and Water Resources is spearheading the development of a modernized construction and installation manual for the biodigester household toilet facility. An engagement with artisans, engineers, technicians and entrepreneurs will provide detailed and useful information on the design and installation of the biodigester. There's more in the following report. With the Water, Sanitation and Hygiene Agency, the Ministry of Sanitation and Water Resources is committed to ensuring Ghanaians have access to basic sanitation needs as declared by the United Nations in 2013. The construction and installation of the Biodigester Manual is targeted at contributing significantly towards increasing access to close to 125,000 household toilets. The ministry began the training of artisans, engineers and technicians at the Kumasi Technical University. According to project coordinator George Esedu, the nationwide scaling up of the project will increase access to improved household toilets in line with the government's effort to meet in SDG 6. Ghana, we are making effort to increase access to um, improved toilet facility and this is the effort by government to towards achieving SDG goal 6 where everybody must have access to improve toilet and water supply and this we are working through an ongoing project we call the Gamma Sanitation and Water Project and when it comes to Kumasi we refer to it as Greater Kumasi Metropolitan uh, uh, Area Sanitation and Water Project. The project has promoted a, a particular type of toilet technology and that is the biodigester. Programs manager at the Sanitation Ministry, Charlotte Ajay Mafo, says the project comes as part of the government's efforts to improve sanitation nationwide. It's one of the projects, several projects of the Ministry of Sanitation and Water Resource. And our main focus is to be able to increase access to improved sanitation countrywide. So we have other partners as well also constructing household toilets in every part of the country, like UNICEF, Plan Ghana, Water Aid, and all that. But what we have realized implementing our project is that when we have the demand for the toilet, household demand for the toilet, you don't have the suppliers. So, for instance, you have 17% of your population being open education, and you do BCC and all that, and people come out that they need a toilet, and you don't have the people to construct the toilet for you. So it means that you are solving a problem in a halfway. So what we have identified is that we need people to be in the sanitation business. 
So it's more like creating businesses in the sanitation sector. Dean of the Department of Built Environment, Kofi Ousu Eji, indicated that the new technology will help artisans acquire skills. We saw that this new technology, once we are building technology departments and with students from higher national diploma degree level and other non-tertiary programs, when they learn this new technology, they will get hands-on skills. And wherever they are, because they are spread across the country, some are from Accra, Kumasi, some are even at the north, wherever they go, they can also sell the idea of biodigester uh, construction to people. Because nowadays, we are building, somebody will not like the idea of septic tank. When it happens that way, they, they are the same people. They won't, they won't go and call other person that come and do it. But rather, if you know it, you can take it up yourself. A beneficiary of the skills training, James Abuajipabi, says the project will also help understand the biotech field much better for artisans and other stakeholders in construction and installation. So I think this training is going to benefit us a lot. Looking at the building construction industry, uh, a whole lot of people look up to the students or the engineers who are coming from the various tertiaries. And if we are to go out there and we can't improve the sanitation of the individuals that we are supposed to serve, then what are we doing or what are we learning in our various schools? So looking at this, is going to give us the skill to understand the technology of the biogas or the biofuel that we are actually undertaking at the moment. For Joy News, Nana Bwachi Dan Kwayadom reporting. Now to the Court of Appeal, where Court of Appeal Judge Emmanuel Ankama is to be investigated by the Chief Justice regarding how he handled a case involving the estate of a deceased pastor while he was a High Court judge at Tema. A five-member Supreme Court panel with Justice Victor Johns Doce presiding called for the investigation, insisting the conduct of the judge and a registrar, Sebastian Agbo, has the potential to affect the image of the judiciary. The judicial service has in a statement announced that the registrar has been dismissed and legal affairs correspondent Joseph Akable came to this report. Following the death of one Reverend Iman Odogbaji, a dispute arose as to who should administer his estate. The matter ended up at the Tema High Court, presided over at the time by Justice Ankama. Documents were filed to prevent proposed administrators of the estate from getting permission to administer it. Justice Ankama is said to have struck out this process even though it was not listed for hearing and failed to give the parties in whose favor they were issued a hearing. Justice Doce ruled that the court breached the rules of natural justice as the evidence on the record showed that the case was heard on the blind side of those who had filed the documents. According to Justice Doce, the irregular manner in which the case was handled pointed to the fact that the presiding judge appeared to be biased against the applicants. He also wondered why Judge Sankama struck out the documents when the issues raised were of utmost importance as it raised questions of capacity of the parties who filed the letters of administration. Aside from setting aside the decision of the Tema High Court, the Supreme Court also prohibited Judge Sankama and the Registrar of the High Court from ever dealing with the case. He further expressed concern about how properties belonging to the deceased were valued. A hospital at Obuasi was valued at 60,000 cities, a school at Obuasi at 35,000 cities, and the house of the deceased at Tema valued at 30,000 cities. The Judicial Secretary has meanwhile announced in a statement that the Registrar of the Tema Land Court, Sebastian Agbo, has been dismissed for fraudulently preparing 30 court orders.
Now to some more stories. Well, after more than 60 years of unbridled borrowing, Ghana is back again at the International Monetary Fund's intensive care unit receiving treatment. In a yet-to-be-aired documentary, data analyst Isaac Kofi AJ recounts the historical backdrop behind Ghana's over six decades of mammoth public debt. since independence has struggled to manage its debt and it has been one constant feature in almost all our engagement with the IMF and development partners our struggle to manage our debt has been a bane on this country so you find that right from 1965 when Ghana first approached the IMF under the, the watch of Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, one of the reasons we cited was debt unsustainability or ballooning public debt. Since independence, a year has never gone by without Ghana's public debt burden generating news headlines. The problem is that historically, we always hit a roadblock where we just have to go and get beg our creditors to forgive us. We've not been able to figure that out. Ghana's dependence on commodity exports never ended. And as prices surged, this generated more willingness for lenders to give loans off the back of a growing economy. We thought that we could borrow our way through debt. And here we are today as though we needed another hippie like yesterday. By 2015, Ghana's economy was in trouble hobbled by widening current account and budget deficits, rampant inflation, and a depreciating currency. Credit dried up as interest rates rose and banks' bad loans piled up. We suffered some crisis. The global financial crisis was one, which was 2000, 2008, 2009, when Professor Merce, you know, came in. And then we had the single spine challenges. And then the disruption in gas supply, you know, from Nigeria, which gave us that word, do so. You know, we think it's, it's a non-performance, but that was the, the cause. You know, and then we waited two, three years, and it wasn't being resolved. You know, so we decided to do the badges and the other things. The fiscal became a bit shaky, right? But we were confident that we could do it homegrown. But by the time we went to Sinchi and uh, looked at the policies and the rest, we realized you know, that it was going to be difficult. And then as, you know, was the case, the development partners also decided that, you know, they didn't think we could handle this, this problem ourselves, which is part of the, the markets also, where you borrow sovereign money and the rest. Uh, they look to the IMF, which is a lender of last resort. In March 2020, the unexpected happened. The COVID-19 put spokes in the wheels of Ghana's economic trajectory. A lockdown, a term that was alien to the country, surfaced and placed a temporary halt on economic activities. COVID-19 was an exceptional um, pandemic that affected economies all over the world. So uh, Ghana is not the only country that got affected. 
if you check in 2019, the economy was mm. at its peak. Yeah. And three, and we had borrowed a lot of funds. And it, the investment, the returns of those investments was better going to show in 2020. But unfortunately, COVID struck and the economy retracted. In fact, uh, it grew by only 0.5%. So what it means is that all the investment you have done and expecting its impact mm. in the 2020 uh, in terms of the growth or the economic performance of the country, you lost all that opportunity. You're watching the journey soon with me, Rizakusba. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back with more. Crystal clear and thrilling podcast and live shows. Download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Adam Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. HD, the new exciting football channel is now available only on HD Plus and brings you football from around the world. Watch Sadio Mane and Daniel Kuvitre in the top weekly match of the Bundesliga 1 and DFB Cup, Primera Liga, Copa de la Liga Profesional, see Ronaldo in the Saudi Pro League, as well as daily sports news every other hour. Also, get updated on Messi and Mbappe on PSG TV and many more. Feely Feely on HD Plus Channel 151. HD Plus, the Feely Feely Experience. We've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation. Oh no, we are out of range. Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alexa in my bag. Alex, what? Alexa, open multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio, Radio. Joy 99.7. Listen to Joy FM. Hits FM, Love FM, live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play and then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And we are back like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Now, welcome back to some more stories. The Unio in Swani, District Chief Executive in the Northeast Region, Kolan Bitian, has joined the cause for the installation of a power switching or control station in the region 
Now, the Northern Electricity Distribution Company, Netco, has been under pressure to install a control station as a solution to the rampant power outages in the region. Correspondent Elias Tanko has more. Nasone district of the northeast region has been given a significant boost by the connection of 21 new communities to the national grid following the intervention of the member of parliament and the district assembly a member of parliament oscar lewal gives a brief background on electricity access and supply in the district since 92 uh you only boost of five communities connected to the national grid. Then, when NPP came to power in 2017, under my leadership, I was able to connect five more communities to the national grid. Today, we are witnessing the commissioning of 21 communities across the district. And very soon, 23 new communities, contractors will move to site to commence work. Mr. Liwa was speaking after commissioning the electricity project in the 21 communities, which include the following. Bingalachit, Janande, Tambona, Jinten, Bakuya, Bankurubu. Tambu, Biambek, Waldami, Bingami, Nabal, Tuna number one, Tuna number two, Devianto, Beduri, Sambek, Kwampi, Magafuk, Nangani. These are the 21 communities we are connecting to the national grid. The lack of access to electricity has long been identified as one of the major challenges confronting the people of the district. Coupled with a bad road network, many communities in the district are still hard to reach and isolated with commercial, economic and social activities in some of the places grinding to a total halt or in short supply. Residents are unable to assess mobile services and other basic needs for normal living. The residents of the beneficiary communities reacted to the first time provision of electricity to their communities. People, some people, they will not charge it. It will be there. We will go in town and grant our means. But now, we will grant it in our place. Like, we have uh, one community around this area. So we normally feel there to go and charge our phones. So we are very tight about it. I mean, so now we are happy that the light is in our community. Anytime that you want to charge your phone, you can go and plug it inside your room. A member of parliament added that the intervention will help improve the provision of basic public services as well as the living standard of the constituents. With the electricity in our midst, I think it will help a lot. Our, our junior highs, we have computers, we have other gadgets. 
that our students can use to learn. But without lies, all this cannot happen. So with the presence of lies today, our children can sit under the comfort of their rooms, their homes, to learn like other students in other districts. The Northeast region has over the years been witnessing an impressive performance in electricity access. The region is, however, facing severe challenges regarding the availability and reliability of the power supply with daily and recurrent outages that are disrupting the day-to-day activities of the residents and prompting agitations against the power distributor. The challenge is said to have been caused by the absence of a switching or control station in the region. On his part, the district chief executive, Conlan Bittian, joined the call for the installation of a power substation in the region. Each time we have blackout in this particular district, when we make findings, the findings always reveal that the problem is outside even the region. So, as the resource, we are trying to VRA to ensure that we also get substation here, so that if we are getting blackout, then it should be within the region and for that matter, within the few district that is using the substation. From Yunjo, Ilias Sutanko, reporting for Joy News. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with business. Now, did you know you are abusing chickens when you restrict their movement by confining them in cages? Well, traditionally in Ghana, most poultry reared for their eggs and meat are usually kept in battery cages. Emmanuel Bright quick will report on how cage farming affects poultry goats and production as activists and veterinarians demand a ban on battery cages. Telling poultry has been a source of livelihood for Achama for nearly a decade now. As one of the sole vendors at the Asia market, she sources her animals from various farms in and around the Ashanti region. The live birds upon arriving from the farm are kept in her makeshift cage on the streets of the market. Some of the hens, especially the white ones, aren't active. Theirs is just to eat and to drink water. Chicken production rose from 20.5 million to 74.5 million over the last two decades, of which more than 25 million are reportedly housed in traditional battery cages in Ghana. Conventionally in Ghana, poultry commercially reared for their meat and eggs are confined in cages. Abna Kwedu, also a vendor, believes the restricted animals are rarely infested with diseases. It's not good to leave them to walk about. They can be infested with diseases. You only need to feed them and they will be okay. At the just ended Say No to Cages workshop held in Kumasi, veterinarians and some poultry farmers advocated a ban on battery cages. The Animal Welfare League, a not for profit organization, believes caging the animals affects their welfare. 
director of the association, Dr. Daniel Abeliba, says it is an abuse to keep poultry in restrictive cages. Imagine you living your life, your entire life, 52 weeks or more in a sheet of paper. The space that is allowed to you is an E4 sheet of paper. In battery cages and um, all forms of factory farming that uses restrictive housing system, these animals are being abused and um, as consumers, um, uh, what do you call it? We need to also be worry about where our animals are coming from. Aside from the torture the caged animals are subjected to, veterinary doctor Dr. Emmanuel Piru says Cajun contributes to the growing record of antibacterial resistance in the poultry industry. Um, when you keep bears also in the, the battery cage system, they are prone to uh, diseases and those diseases um, are example are osteoporosis and take uh, layer fatigue. All these are examples of diseases that the bears in the cage system go through. And why this is even more important is that when bears in this system go through uh, are sick, what we tend to use is to use antibiotics to give to the bears. And this is also part of one of the reasons that is causing antimicrobial resistance, which is a big problem globally, where our antibiotics are no more becoming effective. Presently, Ghana has no legislation banning the use of battery cages. Only six countries, including the European Union and U.S. across the globe, have imposed bans on battery cages in poultry farming. The group is preparing to lay a petition before Parliament for the adoption of cage-free farming. Um, we've launched a petition called the Ban the Battery Cage Cages in Ghana. Um, that uh, at the moment we are gathering um, uh, signatories to present to parliament and government to uh, what we got to consider banning form any forms of cages um, in the country. So um, we honestly think um, the government, when we call on, upon, um, we come to their door knocking that they should ban cages, they should be willing to listen and then act accordingly. A survey conducted in Accra, Ghana revealed 47.6% of respondents preferred free-range eggs to eggs produced by hens in confined conditions. CEO of Boris B. Chicken, Boris Beidou, says free-range eggs are nutritious and thus advocates the adoption of cage-free farming. Because of the, I mean, uh, greens around that the birds also consume, I mean, the kind of the parameters of the eggs, if you look at them, it's, it's all better and it, it tastes even more, more better. So when you go to Europe, you can see that um, we have the free range eggs even more expensive than the, you know, the cages ones. We as an association are going to carry it on. We are also going to continue. I mean, just to let people know how, how important it is. Because I've already, I, I think I started some years back talking to people to refrain from the cages because cages is not a way to go. For Joy News, my name is Emmanuel Bright Kweku. That's it for business.
let's do some international stories and six civilians have been killed and 10 injured after al-shabaab militants attacked a beachside hotel in the somali capital Mogadishu. security forces rescued more than 80 guests from the pearl beach hotel after a six-hour siege on friday night three members of the security forces died in the rescue operation and have been praised for their bravery all of the attackers were killed in a fierce gun battle with security forces. So four children have been found alive after surviving a plane crash and spending weeks fending for themselves in the Colombia's Amazon jungle. Colombia's president said the rescue of the siblings aged 13, 9, 4 and 1 was a joy for the whole country. The children's mother and two pilots were killed when their light aircraft crashed in the jungle on May 1. The missing children became the focus of a huge rescue operation involving dozens of soldiers and local people. Well, that's all I have for you on Join Us Prime with me, Razak Musbao. There's more on myjoyonline.com and uh, more also on our app. Do have a lovely afternoon. viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.